0: And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're always glad that you joined us.
1: Dr. Linda, this is typically when I would say, happy weekend, but today I'll say happy Easter instead.
0: I know. Happy Easter to you, too.
1: And I was thinking about uh, Easter over the years, and I have this goofy memory of my sister and I as kids, we'd get our Easter baskets, and then after church, I'd have a swap meet, this went on for years.
0: You shared and bartered with your sister? Yes. That's impressive. Yes, right. So that didn't happen in my family. I had two brothers, and whatever mm-hmm. you got, you got. And it was hoarding time, I guess, right. with that. <laughs> but I have great memories of after church with our kids. They went looking for those eggs, and oh, they always yeah. put money in one of the eggs. So you mm-hmm. could get a dollar Ooh. in one of the plastic right. eggs in the yard. Just such great memories. And we, we didn't do that at the expense of remembering what the day was actually about. Right. But those are just fun times that you remember.
1: Speaking of of what the day is about, look how commercial this holiday has become.
0: You know, to your point, Chris, I went looking at all these major stores that sell things for the the holidays, and I was trying to find something that had religious symbols in it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to have a cross or something that would remind us of the actual meaning of that day. And all I could find was bunnies and candy. I couldn't find anything religious. Right. That was sad to me. That's different than years past.
1: But the church knows the importance of this holiday. And some of us have been celebrating Holy Week. You know, Dr. Linda, you and I go to churches that have Monday, Thursday services during Holy Week. Explain what that is. So the word
0: Monday is derived from the Latin word mandatum. Mm. Was that good for my Latin? (laughs) I'm not very good at Latin here. But it means commandment. It refers to the commandment that Jesus gave his disciples at the Last Supper, the night before he was betrayed. He told them to love with humility by serving one another and to remember his sacrifice through the breaking of bread and wine. And that was all about to be received because, Chris, it was Passover. It was the Passover meal. Uh, Jesus took the bread and wine and blessed it. And with the bread, he said this represented his body given for us and that we are to break this bread and eat in remembrance of him. He then took the cup of wine, blessed it and told his disciples it represented his blood poured out for us. Do this also in remembrance of him. So that should sound familiar to many people Mm. listening. That's what we say in the communion service.
1: Right, and it it can become a little repetitive. You know, every communion service, the pastor stands up and and explains what's going on. So if you've been in the church for years or your entire life, you might say, oh, you know, we know that already. But I think it's important that we are reminded of that before we eat the bread and and drink the cup.
0: If Jesus thought it was important enough to tell his disciples the night before he was betrayed and he wanted us to remember then that's really what we're doing by some of Mm -hmm. these repetitive things of the church. These are important because these are the way we remember. I get very sober during that time Mm -hmm. and really think about his sacrifice, what he did. And it's a great time of also taking your own personal time to repent and to maybe address things that you need to address in your life.
1: And then after the Last Supper came Good Friday. Why is it Good Friday? And the reason I ask is because... That's the day when Jesus died. How could that be good? I
0: know. That's such a great question. And and one that children often ask. Did mm. your children ever ask you that question?
1: I think Evie did. And I, I explained it just like that. I said, you know, even though we call it Good Friday when Jesus died, it's good that he did.
0: That's really behind it. The reason Good Friday is good is because he willingly, I think we need to emphasize that he willingly, because I don't know if you're old enough to remember that song. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called 10,000 angels. I have
1: actually played that song in church. And you're
0: young, so I'm encouraged by that. (laughs) But he could have, but he chose to be sacrificed and to suffer for us. There was such purpose in all that suffering that Jesus did, and he knew that purpose, and he was obedient. Scripture says, obedient unto death. Mm -hmm. He took our sin to that cross so that we could be saved, and without that sacrifice, we could not be justified to God. So on that day, it really did look like evil was winning. Mm -hmm. And I love the way they portrayed that in the Passion, the right. movie The Passion. But Easter reminds us that Jesus triumphed over the grave and that death could not keep him, and he rose again. So Easter is our celebration of Resurrection Sunday. Easter is really the main event. It is the source of real hope.
1: You know, I think a lot of us can relate to how the followers may have felt on Good Friday. They didn't have Easter yet, Mm -hmm. and the scriptures weren't canonized. They they weren't seeing the entire picture just yet. And there's times when it feels like evil is winning. We feel hopeless, like our problems will never end.
0: And maybe you feel like you're going through a Good Friday right now. Maybe you've received a terrible health diagnosis. You got the flu. You're scared. Or a spouse is divorcing you, or you just can't shake an addiction. Maybe you feel depressed right now. You, You can't find a job, or you don't know what your purpose in life is. You don't know how life is going to continue to work for you, and discouragement can really send in. Things look hopeless at the moment. There are times in our life where we feel that natural sense, right, where we feel like Mm -hmm. it is a good Friday. We all go through those seasons. But during those seasons, the most important thing we can do is to remain hopeful, knowing God's in control, He's with us, yet many of us really struggle to live in that hope,
1: it doesn't come natural to us, that's the thing, uh, because of sin. And when we face difficult times, it is easy to become discouraged. What causes discouragement and the darkness to take over? Are, are there specific things that contribute to discouragement?
0: Yeah, there's lots of factors. I think one of them that we don't think about often is fatigue, when you are physically or emotionally exhausted. And when you're dealing with issues like that, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, we have a friend, a really good friend, whose son has been diagnosed with a very serious type of cancer. And one of the things that the family says, and they're strong Christians, Chris, but they say it's it's just depleting. Hmm. It's day in, day out, dealing with things. And when that happens, you are a prime candidate to be discouraged. Your defenses are lower. Things seem to be bleaker than they really are. And this often occurs when you're just, you know, halfway through something that's really tough, or like I said, facing a major illness, or you're in a very challenging personal experience, you become physically and emotionally tired and depleted.
1: Mm. What about failure or feeling like nothing is going right? Does that play a role as well?
0: When things don't go right, it's really easy to become frustrated. You know, when you have a lot of unfinished business or Uh unfinished tasks that seem to be piling up, it's natural to feel very overwhelmed by that. And when trivial matters or the unexpected things interrupt you, there's been a lot of interruption lately because of what's happening with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. When all of that is disrupting your day and you don't really know what to expect, you get very discouraged. If you're not careful, uh, it can lead to a lot of problems.
1: You know, sometimes I get discouraged because of fear. Talk more about that.
0: Well, fear is behind a lot of discouragement, probably more than we'd like to admit. Mm Sometimes it's the fear of criticism. What will other people think? Maybe the fear of responsibility. What if I can't handle this? What if I won't know what to do? Maybe the fear of failure. You know, what if I blow it? What if I do make a mistake? Uh, The fear of illness. Hmm. All of these things can make a major onset of people feeling down and discouraged.
1: Before we uh, get to the break... Can you give us a definition of hope? What exactly is it?
0: So, the dictionary says that hope is a feeling of optimism or a desire that something will happen. But I really like the definition that John Piper gives us. He says biblical hope, so, he's distinguishing hope from biblical hope. Mm-hmm. He says biblical hope not only desires something good for the future but it expects it to Mm. happen, so I like that.
1: (laughs) How does a lack of hope affect our mental health?
0: If you don't have hope, it's easy, like we're saying, to get discouraged, to go negative, to get depressed, to give up. Hope influences our thoughts, which then influence our emotions, influences the way we behave then, and our perception of life. So when we believe good things can happen, or things will turn around, this influences our well-being, and it even influences the way we recover. Even very small things are affected. Did you know that people with hope have higher GPAs than people who don't hope? (laughs) Isn't that an interesting stat? It even affects your grade point if you have hope. But if your hope is in Christ, it also brings a type of confidence, not confidence in your own abilities, but confidence in a God who is all-powerful.
1: I get the GPA thing. There was a lot of hoping going on in college. That's sure.
0: <laughs> and you made it. That's right. That's right.
1: Well, we do have to take a short break, but stay with us as there is so much more to this conversation about hope. It will encourage you more after the break. Joy to
0: The news these days is full of so many sad, depressing, or downright frightening things that cause us to go through our days with frowns on our faces and a cloud over our hearts. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I've got a suggestion for you to help ward off the heaviness that you might be feeling. The Bible is clear. Laughter does good like a medicine. One clear antidote for heaviness is to increase the laughter in your life. While my friend was battling cancer, she made it a regular habit to watch all the wonderful old comedy movies she could find. Laughing with her husband allowed them both to enjoy a rush of endorphins and precious moments together. Now, I'm not telling you that laughter alone will solve everything, but it will clear out the gloom. Reading God's Word and living in His promise is our best armor. But having a good laugh every day will help keep your focus off those things you can't control. It'll cut down on your wrinkles and increase your trust in the God who rules your world and the world around you.
1: Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mintel, available on her website at drlindamintel.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today's topic is the hope of Easter. We've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, DrLindaMental.com. That's where you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And Dr. Linda has a new book out. It's called Living Beyond Pain that helps anyone with pain get their life back. It's available online and where books are sold. And that book is about hope, Dr. Linda. The subtitle is Get Your Life Back. And uh, that's very hopeful.
0: Especially around a problem like chronic pain that can Mm. be so difficult and so discouraging to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Hope can actually reduce pain. There are studies that show that that Mm. makes an impact on pain. It's just one of the small benefits of remaining hopeful. Even when the odds are against us, because of who Christ is.
1: You see people do that a lot. They, they, they physically get worn down and you can almost see on their face that they've given up.
0: Yeah, so hope is an important thing that we have to hold on to. Mm. And we've got every reason in the world and this holiday is a great reminder right. of that.
1: Well, since we usually talk about relationships on the Dr. Linda Mental Show, how does hope affect our relationships?
0: So it's critical not to lose hope in a relationship even though you're going through difficulties. Uh, one of the reasons we tend to do that is we get kind of self-centered and we Mm -hmm. get disappointed in the other person and we think the other person can meet all our needs when that's probably not even realistic right in a relationship God can meet all our needs and you know sometimes we think we get very discouraged because people abandon us they don't stay with us and they can fail us and yet you know people aren't perfect they Mm -hmm. have their own issues only God is perfect, Chris, and only God is the person who can meet your needs. So he says to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so when people disappoint you, try to work it through. Try to stay in that relationship and do what you can to make things better. But hope says, and this is from Ephesians 4.2, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love.
1: Let's uh, put this look at this in a different light. Generally speaking, what does hope do for us.
0: It motivates us to Mm -hmm. keep trying when things get difficult. And that's one of the things I'm just saying is things are going to get difficult in many areas of your life. But hope motivates you to not give up and to keep going. First Corinthians 13 says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance is what that scripture says.
1: We have to find hope in the right place. It's easy to look at you know, some self-help type books, government leaders, you can find advice on hope just about anywhere. And I honestly don't know how people stay hopeful when they look at all these other places besides God for their hope.
0: Things and circumstances can look so dismal if we have nothing or no one to put our hope in. If it's just on people... That just seems very depressing to (laughs) me, and and I'm not down on people. I just Mm -hmm. think that, you know, that is not really the solution. Our hope comes from the Lord. He's completely trustworthy. We have been created to hope, to long for a day when all the wrongs will be righted, when disease will be gone, when brokenness will be healed. That's how Mm. we're created.
1: In the meantime, here we are, and God is working with us and on our behalf, yet we sometimes lose that hope because of the circumstances and darkness that we face.
0: Philip Yancey, in the book Jesus I Never Knew, which is one of my favorite all-time books ever, has a chapter on Good Friday. And he points out that when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He used the word God instead of Abba, which means Father. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Right. His point was that even Christ felt abandoned in his darkest hour. Wow. And he knows how we feel when we feel abandoned. So Christ can identify with everything we have ever felt, including that.
1: And Philip Yancey reminds us that the darkness of Good Friday, it gave way to hope.
0: Yancey says, Easter holds the promise of reversibility. Destruction and even death can be reversed because of what Christ did on the cross. Easter is the starting point. It is the preview of an alternate reality.
1: I like that, alternate reality. It's, it's what we do in video games. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's, true. It's how we escape. Right. Uh, they create this virtual reality.
0: You can kind of live whatever you want, right, right. In, that, in that space.
1: The thing is, we already have one, and it's not an escape. Uh, it's a promise to come.
0: It's a really great point, because we do try to create alternate realities. Mm,
1: right.
0: Yancey says that our present lives are the contradiction of what is to come. Now, think about that for a minute. It's the contradiction of what is to come. If God can do what he did on Easter, what more does he have for us Mm. in eternity? Easter is the glimpse of that eternity. Yancey also points out that the physical scars Christ suffered remained on his transformed body as a reminder that those painful memories may never completely go away, but the hurt of those scars eventually
1: will. That reminds me of the fact that David felt discouragement. And in the Bible, he's called a man after God's own heart. So he can feel a discouragement too.
0: And that is a, such a good example because he tells us what he did when he was in the middle of discouragement. What he did was talk to himself in a way that uplifted his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God.
1: You know, David wrote a psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, and that's something that I should probably do more often. Write a psalm. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or encourage yourself in the Lord.
1: Sit down with my little guitar yeah, and yeah. write a psalm. Right?
0: I think you meant encourage yourself in the Lord, right? Yes, right. <laughs> well, instead of focusing on all of the problems that David saw, and there were many, <laughs> mm-hmm. he decided to engage his will and rehearse the goodness of God. He began the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. And then David continues the list. Here's what he says. He forgives all my sins, so there's no need to live in condemnation or guilt. The past is forgiven and gone.
1: And of anyone, David had some real problems.
0: Right, right. And he heals all my diseases, so a bad report is subject to the healing power of Christ. He redeems my life from the pit, and in that process, crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with every good thing. Yes. so bad news comes. Life gets crazy and stressful, But we must remember who we serve and the blessings that come from being one of God's children.
1: So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord, even if it means, you know, hey, write a poem or a song for that matter. It will change that discouragement to praise and gratitude. More after the break. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asks this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I, I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work?
0: Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in Him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry.
1: Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. Raising healthy kids in an unhealthy world. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. Bye, great. You're listening to The Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain, a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. You can check out her website, DrLindaMental.com. That's where you will find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect on social media. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes, Dr. Linda. You can take this program anywhere in the world.
0: Anytime you want. And there's so many that are posted on there that you might want to just pick and choose from. There's Mm -hmm. ones on fear and anxiety and letting go of worry and things that are really appropriate to the moment and to the day. So I would say share the podcast with other people. Listen when you want to. And that could be a great resource for anybody who's having uh, some issues with worry and anxiety these days.
1: Okay. Let me throw this curveball. Uh-oh. Let's say you do a, a program specifically on a relationship issue. Okay. And then you tell your spouse, you need to listen to the Dr. Linda show. (laughs) What would you say is the fallout from that?
0: Well, we have a show. We have lots of shows on relationships. We have one called Tips to Be in a Better Partner that is upcoming. And uh you don't want to do that. You don't want to you don't want to just throw it in their face. You could say though, hey, I listened to this podcast. I found it really helpful mm-hmm. as a couple. Maybe it would be good for us to listen and figure out what we're gonna do.
1: Yeah, don't say you, 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 yeah, you, that's you. Right. <laughs>
0: that's not a good thing.
1: Well, today's program, given the weekend that we are celebrating, is called The Hope of Easter. Doctor Linda, we needed this show about hope, given the state of the way things are today. Uh, give us a few examples of, of what hope actually is.
0: And before I do that, let me just say Happy Easter again. Oh, yes. Happy Happy Easter, Easter because Mm -hmm. we should be happy about Easter, regardless of what's going on around us, right? Mm -hmm. It is the hope of Easter that we're talking about. So how about the hope of healing? I I don't know if a lot of people talk about that as much these days. We don't hear it in the culture. We don't see it in the culture. But in the Bible, the woman with a flow of blood hoped for Jesus's healing, right? Mm -hmm. She did not give up.
1: No. She Chased him down. Yeah, she now. was very
0: persistent. <laughs> and that was because she had that hope in her that she just knew if she touched the hem of his garment right. that something miraculous was going to happen. I love that because she held on to hope.
1: I like the story of the uh, centurion who hoped Jesus would heal his servant. And, you know, when the Romans saw this thing happening in Jerusalem and they turned to the Messiah to say, I need you here. I think that's fantastic.
0: I know. And I love the fact that he just said, just say the word.
1: Mm, And I know it's
0: going to happen. He's like this guy who's under command. Right. So he understands. And he must have understood that Jesus was the ultimate commander, right? Commander in chief. (laughs) The commander of angel armies is what Isaiah says over and over. And then the two blind men in Jericho who hoped Jesus would give them sight. They were just persistent as well. So I do believe in healing. I do believe that we should ask for healing. We should have hope that Jesus is still the great physician and heals today. So what about the hope for something better? Have you thought about that hope?
1: Mm, Looking forward to a better day.
0: Yeah, so Hannah, who was barren and wanted a child desperately, hoped that God would give her a child. She didn't get rid of the hope of that. Mm -hmm. She continued to hope for that. And Abram, contrary to hope believe that God would fulfill his promise to make him a father of many nations. So he had to stay in that hope without seeing the reality of that.
1: Right. And those examples are reminders that even when it might seem unreasonable or, like you said, contrary to hope, hang on to it. That's right. God is able to make the circumstances and situations we face better if not in this life, in the life which is to come for those who are in Christ.
0: You know, I sang in a a multicultural choir for a number of years, Chris, we sang this song, Blessed. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in that song that says, late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. He's gonna work in your favor, blessed. Mm -hmm. And I love that. that Sometimes it's late in the midnight hour, right? But the hope is God's gonna turn it around. He's gonna work in your favor. It's just such a great song. And then let's look at the book of Job, because that has several references in it to hope. Yet it's a book about trials of a righteous man. So Job was righteous, and yet he faced a lot of trials. And at times, I'm sure he was discouraged and was trying to deal with the hopelessness of the situation. But there's lots of references to how he hoped.
1: Hmm. This is why it's important to lift each other up with hope during these tough times. Aaron and Hur did this for Moses. They were the two that held his hands up lifted his arms when he uh he just couldn't go on anymore
0: yeah so if you don't know the story joshua's fighting the amalekites and moses was to stand at the top of the hill with the staff of god in his hand as joshua fought aaron and her went to the top of the hill with moses and as long as moses held up his hands the israelites would prevail but when he lowered his hands the amalekites prevailed so when moses's hands grew tired Aaron and her took a stone and put it under Moses, and he sat on it, and then Aaron and her held up Moses' hands so Israel would prevail, so they <laughs> helped each other.
1: It's interesting how literal God is. You have to hold your hands up that's
0: right It's a great <laughs> reminder
1: <laughs> and you know Aaron and Hur's help of Moses speaks to the importance of the body of Christ. We need other people to walk alongside us and help us fight when we get discouraged.
0: And during the Easter season, remind each other that God hasn't left you, he's not abandoned you, he's with you, and he's gonna give you the energy that you need to face whatever you're going through. So resist discouragement and fight back. No one forces you to feel bad. You choose that by giving into negative thinking and feeling sorry for yourself. Choose faith and hope because God is in your life and fighting for you. Think on good things. Fight back those negative thoughts with scripture, because we we'll always remember Easter will mm. eventually come.
1: You know, God is the author of hope. Psalm 39, 7 says, my hope is in you. Have confidence in God. Psalm 71, 5 says, for you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth.
0: And Psalm one nineteen one forty-seven says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. And think about this. We're created for hope. To long for the day when all wrongs will be righted, when disease will be eradicated, and brokenness will be healed. As we rebuild our lives from devastating times, from hurts, from wounds, from disease, remember Holy Week reminds us that someday we get a new start. Tears will be gone. Suffering will be no more. After Good Friday comes Easter. Easter is all about hope, resurrection, and the power of our Lord to overcome evil. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm mental our engineer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation from all of us here at Faith Radio. We'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Happy Easter.